What up, world? It's your boy, the Puerto Rican Powerhouse, the Mike for Hire, the podcast merch himself, the Puerto Rican Kaiju, Christian Joel Ramos, back at it again with a brand new review. And today we're going to review the AEW pay-per-view revolution from 2022. And I got here a special guest with me, um, a form, a friend and a, and a also a fellow, um, what do you want to call yourself? Uh probably like content creator to be technical yes content creator um and you introduce yourself go right ahead what is up ladies gentlemen all the beautiful beings in between it is me raul you can catch me anytime at twitch.tv slash miserability for the final plat down the number one show according to me when it all across everything Excellent. Okay, so we are going to review the pay-per-view, and you have the match card ready. I have my match card ready, and just give me a second while I pull it up. All right, so you got the match card up. The first one in the buy-in, which I thought was the best buy-in they've had in ever. They've never given us three matches in a buy-in, right? Um, I think the one hour when they were on YouTube, when we got Suzuki versus Danielson. Oh, that's right. That was the last really good one. Yeah. I think was also a three match card, but yeah, like it's becoming more of a norm now. It used to be just one throwaway match. Now the matches actually matter in the buy-in. Absolutely. And I want to get to one that just like absolutely impressed me. Go for it. We're, I mean, there's no really like method. We're just going to, well, I wanted, All right, I let's, wanted let's, then let's get started. All right. Uh, first match was Layla Hirsch versus Chris Statlander, and this was really good only because I feel like Statlander carried Hirsch very well. Um, nothing against Hirsch. I think she's got potential. But lately on TV, she hasn't been really jiving well with other opponents, but with her and Statlander, they have this chemistry that they get each other. And mind you, it's like a David Goliath thing, except Goliath is actually the baby face and David's the heel. You want to know what I actually found kind of funny about that match? And I don't know if you noticed it, but when you when they start showing Statlander's entrance, they kind of botched and started the Kenny Omega video early. Bro, it I didn't catch that. I mind you, I watched it sober. I wasn't drinking at all. But it's like, damn, that's crazy. Like I noticed it because like they're very similar. But when I was looking at the background, I was like, hold on, is that Kenny? Yeah. Which then led to obviously later. John Callis, like, coming out to it. That troll, like, that. we can talk about the troll. It was nicely planned. And mind you, Callis has been doing nothing since Kenny's been injured. Yeah. He had one cameo, like, in the background of a freaking promo one time. But, like, they could use him as a guest commentator on occasion, I think. Yeah, definitely. Like, maybe give Jericho a break. Please yes, please give, give Jericho, Jericho a break. break. Please. Listen, nothing against Jericho. He's a great, phenomenal wrestler. But his commentary is not needed right now. We can put Callis, who was a New Japan commentator for the English team for many years, alongside Mauro Ronaldo, I think it was at the time, or was that after Mauro? I forget how. Yeah, me, me, but I know which area you're talking about. Yeah, we're talking the uh, Okada Kenny era. He was the commentator for that, and he was really great. And I wasn't familiar with Callis until I realized he's a jackal from WWE. I'm like, oh my God, he looks so different. It's been so many years because, again, I haven't seen Callis since the Ministry of Darkness. <laughs> but uh, back to Statlander yeah. and Hirsch. Yeah, like, definitely, I feel because their story is so, like, they've definitely grown it over the past, or grew it, not grown, 
uh, over the past couple of months that like I didn't mind like the in ring work because it definitely in a lot of matches did this throughout the card was they they let like let the match leave. moves tell the story within themselves. Yeah, and also they actually showed the end of the match with that nice heel, uh, what was it, the turnbuckle hook thing. I think it was a, like a wrench. It looked like a wrench, but it was a turnbuckle, they said. So I think it's the hook part of the turnbuckle that holds the padding. Mm. But yeah, it looks like a freaking monkey monkey wrench, right? So I thought it was like something out of foam, like somebody would make No, no, that dimension. shit was metal, but I'm glad that it didn't hit for real because that could have concussed Statlander. If it, but it looked so good and well-placed. Um, mind you, Statlander, I have this little crush on Statlander because there's just some energy she gives off, even in interviews, where she just comes off like a wholesome girl next door. It's just your girl next door is a secretly an alien from a different galaxy. You know, it's just one of those things. Like like that Disney Channel movie, My Stepsister from Planet Weird. Accurate. So, <laughs> so, so she is growing as a star. And ever since she came back from her injury, her new look has been so much better. The, like, alien... Skin showing through the human skin, like yeah. a, I like that. That's something out of species, right? That she just kind of has like a sci-fi element, and then her new gear looks colorful, toyetic. Like nothing against her first year gear, but you can tell her first year gear was like first year gear, and you can tell she definitely got a pay raise because now her new gear, she has one in every color now. It's, it's the same gear, but it, like pink, uh, purple, blue. Like she has, a, I mean, she's investing well because you can make a million action figures and for any little kid to see that in stores like what's that even if they don't know wrestling you know like it stands out simp yes <laughs> we simp here for Statlander <laughs> wait what do you mean we this is like communism <laughs> I'm kidding this is freaking Bugs Bunny by the way Liv Morgan what up hit me up right now at Miserability Different show. Right. <laughs> we'll get to that in probably when Mania season comes around. All right, so next matchup, we have Hook. Oh, I, yeah, of course, Layla won with cheating. Uh, <laughs> do you want to give a star rating? Like, do you want to give a legitimate star rating? I don't care. It doesn't really affect my opinion. It's just something that you... I'd say, like, about, like, a three and a half. I give that one a three and a half, too, because there was good chemistry, and it didn't feel like a botch fest, and it made everyone look like a star, and it actually grew their story, so... Now we move on to uh, Hook, uh, the guy, the man known as Hook versus QT Marshall or QT Marshall. Why? Why is it Marshall? Is this Marshall? Cornet. Cornet, right? Is that what it is? I thought it was because he was like French Canadian or something, but no, I found out he's Jewish. I'm like, so Marshall or Marshall, whatever. Hmm. I thought he was an like. Listen, he looks like an Italian mobster with his uh, Sopranos uh, bowling shirt. Like honestly, he looked like someone. Like, I have, like, the image right there with, like, his shirts and everything, but I forgot what... He so, looks like an extra from Married with Children. That's what it is. He looks like an extra for Two and a Half Men because he also... Uh, <laughs> Charlie Sheen used to wear yeah. those same exact... But anyways, Marshall is a good hand. He's always been a good hand. People give him a lot of flack online for being, like, a jobber, but he's not just a jobber. Like, he is a good opponent for his... his uh, whoever he faces. He's... Essentially, in my opinion, the Baron Corbin of AEW. Man, why you gotta talk down Marshall like that? Okay, okay, let's rise him up a little bit. He's the Dolph Ziggler of AEW. Yeah, I would say definitely Ziggler. Somebody you could put in there with anybody, and you get a good match, guaranteed. Yeah, like I would definitely agree to that. 
And it was funny, too, because I was watching something on YouTube that was, like, referencing this match. Turns out it was move for move, a match that Taz had back in ECW. I saw that. And you know what? I think Taz and Marcel are both looking at all his old matches and literally just, let's do your match with Sandman. Let's do your match with Malenko. Like, he's just grabbing spots, not the whole match, but spots from certain Taz matches. That way you can mirror them and kind of compare them to Hook. Now, people online will have their doubts about hook and all that but not everyone's going to be happy you're going to you're going to have people that are like oh he looks too small to be looking dominant listen if you ever watch bellator ufc the most dominant fighters don't look jacked as fuck they're actually a lot more smaller and some of them look out of shape like look at their ortiz brothers they don't look that well in shape but they do freaking triathlons and iron man and they could take a punch so physique doesn't matter in 2022 when you have evidence of shoot fighters looking like normal people whooping asses in the ring exactly so leave evil tom holland alone oh my gosh leave all of them alone stop body shaming adam cole stop body shaming all the wrestlers if they want to focus on their physique let them do it don't tell them how to do it i want to see your physiques online and see if you could compare to them. yeah exactly why don't you come on down for real yeah, yeah. i'll go out i'll give you a dominican cow, <laughs> you know what i mean a coco tasso of you <laughs> so this match is actually solid i give it a four to five because qt made hook like a look like a future champ yeah like i don't know if you another thing that i noticed is like if you watch like usually hook is like always so Stoic. calm so serious but if you look closely throughout that match you he smiles a lot hook is enjoying himself not as much as in the strip clubs, but he's enjoying himself. Yeah. <laughs> Let's be honest, yo. You know, so, but yeah, that being said, uh, this is a solid match. I really enjoy what they're doing with Hook. I'm glad that they're not Goldberging him like Jade Cargill, but they're saving him for a future. I think he might be the face of Ring of Honor. Now that Tony Khan owns Ring of Honor, you put him in there and you make him the face of that brand that's now developmental I'll confirm it's their NXT that's gonna be and I just got confirmed on Twitter that Tony Khan is booking Supercard of Honor so they announced two matches so far but now you got a plethora of young boys and girls put in the young lions don't make that an AW show bring in the young lions and let them shine so that being said, I'm I'm pumped for Supercard of Honor, and I want to review it. I think I'm I've never been hyped for a Ring of Honor show until now like this because it's it's gonna be awesome. Yeah, it's definitely something. And now that main event, I just want to see Hook, yep, Yuta, and Garcia. Daniel Garcia. Yeah, you read my brain. Give me give me the four pillars of of the next gen. Who is the fourth pillar though? If you think about it, you got Garcia, Hook, Yuta. Are we? Oh, Moriarty. Moriarty, yeah. Of course, Moriarty, because he's definitely in that conversation. That's the like, next. Definitely, like, just underneath that, I would put Brock Anderson. Brock Anderson's still green as hell. Yeah, that's what I'm saying. Like, just he, underneath that. He would be great for the Ring of Honor Tag Championships with uh, Lee Johnson, and he focused on tag wrestling. Um, Camarado and, and also uh, Solo could be a good tag team for Ring of Honor as well. I know they're older, but they would actually look. They would help the young guys look good because yeah. they've been – people forget this. Camarado wasn't NXT back before NXT was cool. <laughs> mm. And he was a big guy then. He stayed – phenomenal physique for a guy his size. Um, and then uh, we all knew we all knew who uh, uh, Aaron Solo was before. You know, he was ex-Mr. Ex Bailey. That was his uh, – Hey, yo. 
I already single now. You know what I'm saying? Stop it. <laughs> but no, but Solo's a good hand. He's uh, he's in his 30s as well. I think he's only a couple years younger than me. But he is a solid ring worker, and he'll shine in Ring of Honor. Where no offense on AW, there's too many big stars in AW. Yeah. And Ring of Honor, he will stand out and grow that way, and maybe eventually end up in the scene in, in Dynamite. Eventually, but that's what it's for. It's a building brand. So. And first things first. The acclaimed Ring of Honor Tag Team Champions. They have to be. Dude. If they're not the first, make make the first. like Because you want to make heels the first champions, right? Because you want the baby faces chasing the belts. They're big heels, so that it actually suits them. Either them or you even put in... Uh, oh, I just thought of something. You know what tag team is getting back into wrestling real soon? AOP. Really? They, they, they had visa issues. That's why they were... Like no nowhere in sight for the last couple of years, but now they got that fixed. Don't be surprised that AOP go to AW and Ring of Honor and kind of grow that way, or maybe they put maybe they replace the FTR in the Pinnacle. Who knows? I mean, you can. They're not as established, but they're definitely dominant looking. I mean, who knows? They definitely bring back Ellerling, dude. Of course, they bring all the vets in AW. They actually respect the vets there, so they're gonna bring Ellerling. And yeah, why not? It's like. Again, this is me fantasy booking. I'm not saying it's, you know, just that's what we're here for. We're here fantasy booking. Hello, my name is Adam, and welcome oh, yeah. to fantasy booking warfare. Oh, my God. We're going to need our own neckbeard podcast. You know, we'll call it, we'll call it a... <laughs> Rassel speak. Uh, Dios mio. Or, <laughs> or habla lucha libre. <laughs> Yes, the non-union Caribbean equivalent. Oh, All right, so the next matchup is the main event for the buy-in. This was so good, it could have been on the card. Yeah, that's what I'm saying. Like, you can legit, like, switch up all of this stuff, and when the entire card was so well-balanced that, like, all five hours of the show, I didn't, like, get tired of it. Yeah. Or get long in the tooth, like how some manias get. Yeah, listen. Here's the thing about this, right? I watch this very tired. Sundays, I'm lazy and very, like, quiet in the house. I wish I had at least one friend or two friends with me because it was a long pay-per-view. It felt like a mania. It felt like one of those big summer slams. Like, but nothing bored me. I was just physically tired. But I watched it, and I enjoyed every second of it. And once it was over, I'm like, oh, yeah, it's time for bed. You know, like, it's just one of those that it started at 7 with a buy-in, which was free, obviously, on YouTube. And then when you got to the show, you're like, this is worth it. This is so good. Yeah, absolutely. So House of Black versus Death Triangle. Obviously, Phoenix is still hurt from breaking his arm from that botched powerbomb, table spot, chokeslam, whatever it was. He's out for a while. And, like, good. Let him rest up. As far as who the third man in the... Trios for uh, Death Triangle. They brought in Eric Redbeard, formerly Eric Rowan. He's the second time he's been on AEW, right? The first time he actually, like, competed because he just showed up as a cameo for the Brody, Brody Lee. Lee. Yeah, for Brody Lee. And I think it's cool they brought him in for that one-time spot. I think Redbeard could be an attraction if you're bringing here and there. He doesn't have to be on the roster, per se, because they got enough people on the roster. I, I know we want to get more wrestlers, every, you know, shine, but... There's just so much talent in AEW. Purchasing Ring of Honor really is going to lighten the load because you're going to really put all the young rookies somewhere where they can shine. 
on a, on a network of some sort, maybe HO Max, maybe NSFON, uh, what is it, Honor Clubs, they have their own actual app, so that also could be a thing. But Redbeard here made sense because you needed a big guy to go against uh, Brody King, and Brody King is a very specific size wrestler. You can't just put another medium-sized man in there to really even the odds, so I'm glad they brought in the giant Redbeard to uh, kind of even the odds for them. Yeah, like, absolutely. And plus, like, I love Pento Scudo. Aberhantis, what are you doing with that stuff? Aberhantis is cosplaying as uh, Palpatine, Darth Maul. It's changing every time I see him. Who knows what next is going to Like, be. it's just the one thing that takes me out of it. Too, like, too cartoony? Yeah, like, a bit too much. It's like, this seems like very... If, and I love Aberhantis. Yeah, if he just had a black suit with, like, a red tie. You know, something that looks like a dashling, da, da, a dashing devil. You know what I mean? Like Yeah, like what he wore at uh, All Out. Like he, that red suit yeah. and, like, a solid black If he top. looks like the guy from Lucifer that plays Lucifer, like, you know what I mean? Like, he's dashing, but he also looks evil. Like, yeah. you can do that, you know? the way, Like, he kind of looks like a count. There we go. That's what I'm looking for. With a pocket watch. But the whole Druid getup is too... Too He Man for me. It's too eighties. You know, I know he's a big eighties like, nerd, so like, <laughs> yeah, absolutely. But it's like we already have Dan House in AEW, we, which I called, didn't I? Not yes. Call them? Listen, we already have cartoony evil guys. We don't need more. And Abrahamsis, I hope he tones it down. I hope it's just for the that feud. I hope he goes back to being himself. Sure, have the dark circles. Sure, dress in colorful brights or dark suits, whatever. Hell, even have the 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 the. the I guess he's kind of dressed like an evil priest because he's holding that cha- that um that I'm not Catholic. What do you call that thing where you like, like the, the smoker? The the, the yeah the the the, the ch- chain and ball thing with the smoke. Ah, oh, what's it called? Um, I feel my mom just and like since yelling I at me. But I know, right? Well, if you make him an evil priest, that's cool. Just no face paint and no hood. Just keep it like evil priest, like you know, like. Sure, a little, little, little sports entertainment, but you're going full on sports entertainment with with the face paint. Like you're not wrestling, dude. You're like, you're a coach or a manager, right? Like, yeah. All right, so that was a standard match. I mean, Buddy Murphy, the former Buddy uh, Matthews, same match. This is his debut. Him and Penta have such good chemistry. Yeah. This is their have first fought before? As far as I know, uh Buddy never fought in like Mexico. But Penta has traveled to Japan. So maybe they've had a fight somewhere in like um what's that one that Pac used to be in? Uh, Dragon, Dragon Gate. Gate. Dragon Gate. Maybe in Dragon Gate or maybe somewhere in not all Japan. Not New Japan, because New Japan I would have known. Penta was never New Japan, but they could have done smaller shows. Um I, dude, Noah. Noah. I mean, Noah's like not small. It's like Japan's version of what? MLW, right? Or would you say it's more like Japan's version of like Ring of Honor? Noah's not quite there. Like they're not all Japan. Are you thinking like DDP? Yeah, they, they're somewhere like in that level because they're now getting to a certain level because, again, the pandemic, New Japan needed somebody to play with just to get stories in. Um, of course, you know, the great Muda is in, I guess he's the booker for Noah, or is he just one of the bigger known names? I think he's the booker. I'm a big Muda guy. Like, Muda was always a cool-looking guy in WCW. Um, But we'll see what transpires now with these guys. Um, Of course, Malachi always looks solid, and um, who else is in the matchup? It was Redbeard. Pac. Pac. Oh, Pac. How can I forget Pac? Pac, so underrated. 
This man should have been world champion, but I think he was, because of lockdown, stuck in England the time he could have been champ. Yeah. So that really, like, hurt his uh, momentum. But nothing to say he can't get it again. You just got to build him strong. He has to win his feud. He has to be the one to take out House of Black. And, you know, I get I get that they brought Pentagon Dark back, but they can't call him that. So Pentagon Oscuro is, like, the new name. So I'm glad that Penta's back, the Lucha Underground version of Pentagon. But uh, I can't wait to see where the story goes. I mean, uh, the entrance looks great with the House of Black. They got a new theme. Um, I, I kind of expected that because technically the last team they had was for the tag team or the Kings of the Black Throne. And this one sounded very similar to Malachi's own theme, right? Like, same style, same. Yeah. I just... The only thing that I've always wondered when it comes to House of Black is... Like, when they all go pitch black, does it just immediately, like... Do they have night vision goggles? Like, how do they fucking do that shit? No, that's what I'm thinking. It's like, I noticed when, like, when we... When I went to the AEW show and Malachi like showed up and you see him like run from the crowd like do all that stuff like how do you do it without like bumping into anything? First off, there's so much room for error, so there's got to be either a light we don't see where they can. Who knows, man? They're, they're pros. They've probably been doing this shit since the Indies, so they 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 know how to. Or maybe they make sure the paths are clear so they memorize the ramp. Like you know, what I mean, like honestly, this feels like. A lights out version of like Squid Game, that red light, green light, oh, and you right. have to time it perfectly every time, and they always get it. Hey, it's called pro wrestling for a reason. They're not amateur wrestlers; they're pros. All right, so that match, I'm gonna give it a four point five. It was that good. Yeah, honestly, like that was so well done, and even though all the other things that have been happening. I like the fact they brought in, like, Redbeard. Yep. To, like, just be, like, almost like a mercenary. Yeah, he's just a muscle. With a couple of his own Brody spots throughout the match. Yeah. I mean, Redbeard looks solid. And he's one of those guys, the less you use, the better he looks. He's like an Andre. You want to just use him for a couple things here and there. You don't want to overexpose him. Yeah. Because he is getting older, you know, and he, he has a standard big guy wrestling style. I mean... Brody King with the freaking topes. That's a scary yeah. man. Like, that's scary sight to see. It's like Samoa Joe doing topes. Like, you don't want a big man just launching themselves like that. Like, damn. Absolutely. So let's get into the uh, card proper. All right. So first, we're going to take a small commercial break, and we'll be right back with a proper card. And stay tuned. We'll be right back after these messages. And we're back from commercial break. Thank y'all for waiting for that because we got to pay the bills in this place. Uh, the main card started with Jericho, Chris Jericho versus Eddie Kingston. And this was one of the best matches in the card. I didn't expect a good match out of Jericho like this. Yeah, like this was honestly like I would say Jericho's best match since I would say him versus Cassidy at Fighter Fest 1. Yeah, you know what it is about Jericho is when he gained weight, it almost seemed like he got lazy. And he tried to say, like, yo, the reason I'm a big fat guy now is because I'm I'm a heel that's looking lazy because I'm not putting in the work like a, a baby face would put in the work. I kind of got that perception out of him, but then it just became like, no, he got slower, and he was just not looking – he was looking a little sloppy. All of a sudden, when the hell did he lose so much weight? Like, it, it, I felt like it happened overnight. 
I maybe he lost it when he went on that European tour with Fozzie. Well, that that's a freaking uh, that was a short three months. He lost mm-hmm. a lot of weight that quickly. My gosh, but he did have a health scare, so def- I know I I know the feeling. You know, like it definitely motivated him to like, get better. Um, he doesn't look as red, like you know all that vodka just flushed his face and looks super red. Doesn't look as red. Doesn't look bloated. He looks shredded. He looks like old school Jericho again. Yeah, like definitely uh, his third return. With the uh, light up jacket, yeah, and you know what it is too is um, I feel like he had to step his game up even as a vet because he saw all these other vets coming in like Danielson and he's like, oh shit, now I really gotta step it up if I want to look good in comparison. And he's like, I gotta put on good matches again. I can't just rest on my laurels. And he was resting on his laurels because of the inner circle, and now he's like solo for now. <laughs> mm. He definitely is put on a great. All Japan match with Eddie Kingston. It, this was an Eddie Kingston match. This wasn't a Jericho match with Kingston. They catered this towards Eddie's strengths, which is that strong style, chest slapping, uh, slapping, uh, you know, a slobber knocker. A slobber knocker. My only, my only critique of Kingston: Did he put on weight? He looks like he's got a bigger beer gut than he had before. Like the way I always describe Eddie Kingston. And you'd probably agree with me is like that Drink. one feel yep. that always comes over every Thanksgiving. Drinks all and, the beers. No, not even the beers. He just like dame coquito. Yo, he is, and I get it. He's he's older, but he he said it himself. If he wants to be world champion. He's got to get in better shape, and he has the potential. He eats. To, he gets the crowd behind him just from popping in with his damn, like, uh, you know, Titantron. Like, people love Kingston because he's relatable. He really is your average uncle who works down the street at the, at the you know, in the, at the nearest freaking car shop. Like, he looks like a regular person. But that being said, if you want to be taken seriously as a world champion, you got to kind of look a little bit of the part. You don't got to be jacked to the gills, but just... Like, definitely. Like, I'm a huge supporter of Eddie Kingston. Like, ever since his debut, I'm like, hold on, this, this dude got something. He's different. And I feel like if he just kind of has more of a, what I call, old man in shape body, like, you know, like Tatanka back in the days, or like, where he doesn't have a six-pack, but he looks like he actually works out. Kingston's got to step it up if he wants to really be the AEW world, because he's almost there. The physique isn't there. The moves are there. The promos are there. But you kind of got to look the part, buddy. You can't just be, again, resting on your laurels. And he admits it himself that he's flawed and he has his own issues and he's borderline suicidal and a lot of things. But getting yourself in shape is also good for your mental health. And definitely you'll feel better about yourself because he doesn't even appreciate – I don't say he doesn't appreciate the love. He can't take all this, like, positive reinforcement because he's not used to it. Years have been treating like crap in the indies. People love him, and he's like, this is so weird to me. Like, yeah, we'll get used to it, and let that motivate you to become the world champ. Because I could see him as a world champ in a year if he's on that trajectory, because this is his first major win on pay-per-view. He's always lost, and it's good to see him actually get a dub on Jericho, a legend of all people, and someone he admired back in the days. And this was a scary match at certain points, man. I mean, Yo, like, every single time like Jericho fell on his neck, I'm like, Ooh. Dude, they make it seem legit. Like when he got hit in his head with that was a half and half of the first the first move of the night. He it was like a pin, like the pinhead. He just right in the like man. Jericho took some nasty bumps, but Kingston took a bad suplex outside of the ring. That was like oh shit. You could see his emotions in his face. Like ah, oh, that my back. <laughs> <laughs> like immediately, like Spidey too. I'm back. My back. 
this is all for the love of wrestling. This, in my opinion, was a good solid four to five match. I'd give it like a 4.5. Like, I felt like it could have been just a bit tighter. Yep. It, it could have been tighter, but then again, it wouldn't be at a Kingston match if it was tighter. Yeah. Because it felt like a fight. It, you went in there, they didn't, they didn't go in there to collar, elbow, tie up. They went in there to beat each other up, and it accomplished it. And Jericho started turning heel in the end. He didn't want to shake Kingston's hand. Have you noticed ever since the Ring of Honor purchase, handshakes have become more of a common thread on AEW now? Yeah. Like, maybe even before like the deal was like finalized. I noticed how, like, they were always like, shake my hand. Even, what was it? I think it was a match. Was it Deeb with somebody? No, it was, it was, there was a certain match. They shook hands. No, it was, was it Deeb or was it Rosa? I forget. They shook hands. Like, it might have been a Rosa match. She was shaking hands twice. I think it might be Lucita. Might have been Lucita. They were shaking hands, and then they got back to the ring, and then shook hands later on because they were both, like, you know, pretty on the same level. And, like, okay, so this is... The influence of Ring of Honor seeping into AEW, and I like that because you're adding history, and you're pretty much solidifying that Ring of Honor style matters. You know, like it's it's something to be appreciated. It's not something to like. I'm not one to just throw people under the bus, but let's be honest. If Vince was the one to buy Ring of Honor, it would have just been another part of the WWE network. It would have not been raised to this level, and where AEW they actually are embracing it and treating it like its own brand and they're going to utilize the stars that they can and really put it on a pedestal because now they have history. You know, this company's been around three or four years. Now they have a 20-year library to add to their history to solidify their, you know, company and make it more established. Exactly. And that's what I love about um, the purchase is that it completes narratives. Like, all of these things, like, for example, a match we'll get to later, CM Punk versus MJF, and all of those references, like, coming home, it's not like member berries, where, like, it's just like, oh, reference, reference, reference. This is like, no. This is like, we got to pull from this to show you the full extent of the story. Definitely. And what I believe is that the more they get... They kind of close stories up from Ring of Honor. They're kind of, again when the announcement was made, the first match they had that night was Christopher Daniels versus uh, Brian Danielson, just like the old school Ring of Honor. And like the first main event, actually, first main event, exactly. And it definitely allows people who are out there, former Ring of Honor talent, to actually mesh well with the AW talent because they have a thread. Kind of like how ECW is now part of WWE. You have a lot of those ECW tie-ins, but now you don't even hear the ECW chants whenever something extreme happens. It's kind of like died down a bit, and mainly because they haven't really done a lot of hardcore matches as much as they used to. Like WWE has done a lot of hardcore matches back pre twenty fifteen, but they really haven't done much. Even Extreme Rules isn't extreme anymore. No, like I think they only have like one Extreme Rules match. And that's it. That's their only special stipulation. And it's the main event, only the main event. So that's kind of like a bummer because I wasn't a, I didn't have cable growing up, so I wasn't aware of bring uh, ECW. Uh, but definitely over the years, I learned to appreciate what it gave us, especially with the reboot of ECW. That's when I got back into wrestling because I was out of it 
for a while and I got back into it. And I think I was either a high schooler at the time uh, when uh, CM Punk debuted. I'm like, who's this guy? He's so different. And Kofi Kingston's debut there and John Morrison, you know, like there was Evan Bourne at the time was now uh, Matt Seidel. Like that era was something special, even though it was not the same as the original ECW. It definitely was something to catch. Like, okay, this is a different part of the show that kind of like fits in, but not really. Yeah. Like I, I was that kid with cable. So I kept seeing ECW every now and again. But, like, I knew when I was getting back, it's, like, kind of like when you have someone try to cook you one of your mom's, like, best recipes. Yeah. It's, like, it's they got good. it, but they don't have it. Yeah, and that's the part that was missing. But, anyways, back to this. What were you discussing? Oh, yeah, so Jericho Kingston, we already discussed that. Great match. We don't have to get yeah. over anything. It's just a, a slob and knocker, like you said. So, uh, next matchup, we have Christian Cage. Versus Powerhouse Hobbs versus Ricky Starks versus Wardlow versus Orange Cassidy versus. Wait, we skipped the tag. What tag? The three man tag match. Three. The Jurassic Express, Free Dragon, and Young Bucks. Oh, okay. You're wow. I didn't even have that in my notes. Good thing you have it there. Hmm. Um, this tag was more story than wrestling. I feel like it definitely uh, solidified that. Red Dragon or Red Dragon, however you want to call them, <laughs> and the Young Bucks don't get along, and they're all feuding with each other, which costs them the titles. Jurassic Express, I like them. I like that they got their shine and light and got the belts. But I feel like, I hope for the next pay-per-view they lose the belts already. I want to see... Make it the acclaimed. I'm just saying. I think it's going to be proud and powerful who are long past due for it, but they might be feuding with, well, we'll get to that. Yeah. They might be busy feuding. So if it's not them, it's got to be Red Dragon because it only makes sense that they get the titles, the Bucks get jealous, and you start a feud, and then Adam calls to the side. He has to pick his friends. He cannot have Who's both. he going to choose? Who's he going to oh choose? Oh, my gosh. And then it ends with Adam Cole in a pole match. <laughs> All right, so this match was cool. What do you thought about it? What were the highlights for you? Like, honestly, like, my Jungle Boy always, like, the absolute workhorse. Yeah. Just, like, I think, what was the move? Like, was it like a 450 splash? He hits it and then goes in for a German almost immediately. The athleticism this kid has, because he's always been climbing when he was a child. Like, I remember on Instagram, he had posted that he climbed some sort of crazy tall, like, power lines all the way in the mountains of Hollywood. And uh, view, I'm like, dude, you're going to fucking die if you just slip. This thing was tall, and it was in the middle of the mountain. Like, he has no fear. Like, he has literally no fear. Like, it's one thing to jump a waterfall into, like, a quarry or whatever. Like, people do that regularly. Scary as it is, too. But this fool literally climbed. I don't know if you've seen it. It was, like, a couple years ago on Instagram. Maybe during the pandemic. He was just climbing things for fun. And he climbed his giant spire in the top of the Hollywood Hills. Like, dude, you're crazy. And... He's he's just a whole different breed, man. And nothing, no knock against Luchasaurus. I've noticed they toned down his like parkour stuff and made him look just do heavy man stuff. But I'm kind of glad that now they're letting him go back to his heavy, uh, to his you know spot monkey spot. <laughs> yeah, I c- consider that sort of like a Rock Lee moment. Yeah, where it's like 
make you let them like just keep doing the big man stuff. So that way, whenever they bring it out, it's like, oh. It's special. You forget that it's there. Because he was doing it way too much in the beginning of the first couple of years. But again, he it was different then. You didn't see a guy that size be that athletic. So that's why I was like, whoa. And to see it live, it's like, this guy's a beast. No pun intended. Yeah. And I, I mean, this match is cool. It wasn't my favorite on the card, but it served the purpose story-wise. I'm going to be... Very fair and give it a four to five. I was gonna say three point five. Three point five, okay. I don't wanna I don't wanna oversell it. Three point five sounds right. We can agree on that. Because like I and it's kind of bad to say, I felt like Jungle Boy and Luchasaurus weren't the main focus of the match, nope. even though they were the champions. They were the obstacles. Yeah, like they were just there to be there. It's like sweet, we're gonna defend our titles. Oh, we'll just retain them. Okay, thanks. Bye. I'm not a huge fan of three-way tags because it gets confusing. I mean, there is just no way to do it properly. It, it's it's one thing to do a triple threat with three wrestlers, but three tag teams it can get convoluted very easily. Yeah, I do got to say another one of my favorite. Uh, match moments was when like Nick and Bobby were like trying to get into each other's faces. Yeah. So like Matt and Kyle had to split them apart. It's like, all right, all right. Now we fight. <laughs> all right. So next matchup on the card is the one I mentioned the ladder match, right? Am I correct? Yes. The face of the revolution. Face of the revolution for that brass ring, that big sonic brass ring. Um, again, Cage, Hobbs, Starks, Wardlow, Cassidy, and Keith Lee. Now, this match got the internet buzzing because everyone kept saying, oh no, Keith Lee's already losing in the shuffle. Mind you, he just had a match on Rampage the following day. Like, he's not lost in the shuffle. He just got there. People got to stop expecting every debuting wrestler to shoot right to the main event right away. There's no story there. It's just cheap. That's a TNA move, okay? That's what TNA used to do. Bring in Austin Aries and he pins EC, uh, he pins uh, Eli Drake or something. Like, out of nowhere with no build like no that's not it's not shocking it's it's lazy so i like the fact that they take their time building stars what do you think about it like here's what people need to understand about the way tony khan books is like he's a master of long term he's a like, dungeon master exactly and it's all about that stuff. Like, would we have cared about Hangman's journey? If he won it in the first episode or the first pay-per-view right away. Yeah, no. if he won it at All Out. Yeah. Would we have cared? Maybe for a bit because, yeah, they're promoting someone new. But then what do you do next? He falls on the wayside. This is what Vince, old school Vince used to do. Long-term booking. You build the star. So when he actually wins, it means something. If you keep putting people in the main event right away... The that belt's dilutes your main event. Dilutes your main event, and you bring the belt down, and you bring the brand down because it comes off like a joke. Like, you're not literally making an effort. Giving Keith Lee obstacles is great because it makes him look strong that he's resisting in order to get that main event so you know that he earned that shit. Yeah, and also, did Keith Lee really lose? No. Because it's a multi-man, and a multi-man in that scenario... Unless he got pinned? That's Yeah. The, yeah. That's the way I'm looking at it because, like, look, we have Christian who's a year removed from, like, his signing into yeah. AEW. And look at the year he had. Yeah, and people say, oh, but he never got the belt. He won the Impact Championship on Ex against Kenny Omega on TV. Exactly. Like, 
He got a title before Edge. That's all I'm saying. Yeah, well, that's true. And that's the thing. I don't think Edge is getting a title. I don't think it's going to happen. But that's a different podcast for a different day. Uh, But listen, Cage knows his place. He's going to be the manager for Jurassic Express until maybe he turns on them. Or I don't think the turns on happened. We're thinking way too WWE with this shit. People expect WWE moves from AW, and that's not how they do things. Because if that's the case, Arn didn't turn on Cody. He just woke him up. Like, Sully didn't turn on FTR. They just had a disagreement. Like, they, they, they humanize the characters. It's not just like everybody's a mustache-twirling bad guy in disguise. Yeah, like, not everything is simple heel face. There's areas of gray, just like humanity. And I think it's great that Christian Cage is a coach because, well, I mean, now he's competing. but So he's getting the opportunity. Maybe I can see Cage as the world champ in down the road. Uh, just not this very moment, but of course his reign will probably be small because he is up there in age. Uh, but I do see him becoming a coach once he retires. Like he's definitely going to be that guy backstage to help the young guys and girls get their stuff ready. So, um, what about Hobbs? He looked like a freaking oh my gosh, dude! I have been so impressed with Hobbs. Like he's gotten so much better. Yes, like all I. It- Took him was like dropping the will in his name, and now not even just that. It took him dropping pounds, like not to. I don't like to what do you call body shame, but his pecs weren't tight. He looked like he had man boobs, and he actually got his pecs tight. That slight difference in appearance makes you look more like okay, you're better shape because he wasn't out of shape. He wasn't just vascular enough, I guess. But now he looks phenomenal. It took him a year and a half to get this way, and now he's able to take down anybody and look the part. You know, like, he doesn't look like a guy who's bouncing at a club. He looks like a guy who's going to go to a freaking powerlifting competition and win something. You know, like, he looks great. Absolutely. And when all of these qualifiers were happening, like, I was getting so hyped because I got into my own head. You wanted Brian Cage. You wanted all the big guys, just kaijus. (laughs) I wanted big, sweaty men slapping slapping me. Yeah, like, we because all when I saw the Ricky Starks versus 10 match, I'm like, are we going to get this? Oh, are we going to get big, sweaty men? Oh, no. They could have done that because 10, I'm going to be honest, Dark Order almost seems like they're lost in the shuffle now. They they don't seem like they're anything more than Kangman's un, unofficial like faction, right? Yeah. They don't really have, like, Uno and Grayson should be tag champs at this point. They're solid. They looked apart. The and they can go, but they're not in any mainline stories right now. So outside of Anna J, who in Dark Order now is standing out? It doesn't seem like they're... I think only Silver. If anything, Silver and Reynolds, even as a pairing, are doing great. But I think they can benefit from going to Ring of Honor. Send half the Dark Order to Ring of Honor. Send Angels and, and Vans, the tag team, down there. Send... Um, Cabana down there. Cabana, well, Cabana might be the commentator down there. I'm, I mean, you got any commentators down there, and he was a Ring of Honor commentator. But he could also be, again, a player coach. We, we'll see. And then, uh, I mean, the, the faction's big, but again, they they suffer from being a little too comical. But not only that, I feel like ever since Brody passed they've been lost on the wayside they don't yeah. know where the direction Brody was the linchpin that kind of kept them together and at this point I wouldn't be mad at a, at a, a Dark Order versus a Wolfpack Dark Order feud like just to separate like them. we did sort of get that 
sort of, and it got reconciled. So they, they were going that direction and not really. And it's fine because, again, you know what it is? You need to build some of these kids up. You need Vance to really step his game up and really look. Because he looks apart. People are getting behind him. And he's super over in Ethan Page's vlog. So. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> Those eating segments always kill me. So, <laughs> But to tack on with the comedy, the best part, though, is like when Cassidy was doing that uh, airplane spin. And Smart. That actually is a... Yeah, I get that. And then he went super like old school black and white with the gags. <laughs> And that one spot, I, that's a new spot in a large match with him just like kind of like chin up. Yes. Like as soon as I saw that, I'm like, is this how y'all are going to push Orange? Listen, Orange Cassidy, people can say what they want about him. He actually is very in shape. He's a little too goofy for most people. I get it. But I could see him if he starts lifting a little bit more weights and get a little more jacked. Being somebody that could be a face of the revolution, a TNT champ. Not world champion, the least TNT champion. You know what AW kind of needs? They kind of literally need an intercontinental championship. Definitely. I could see something like that. Like, no disrespect to the TNT title. No, I think what they can even call it, they can call it the True TV Championship. Because <laughs> oh. that's part of the, the, their umbrella, right? True TV. Oh, God. Why not just have like their own 24-7 championship and call it the HBO Max one. Bro, if they have a 24-7 or a hardcore belt, because it's all based on the hardcore belt, you can literally make the Cartoon Network hardcore oh, belt. Yeah. Or the Adult Swim, right? Like the Adult Swim hardcore belt, where it's like that. <laughs> and I think Britt Baker joked about it, but I'm dead serious. She wanted a women's Cartoon Network belt. Let's do a women's Cartoon Network belt. Let's do a men's adult swim belt. You know, let's actually use the Turner logos as their titles because it's never been done. The networks have never been shined for the belts. It's always been intercontinental, United States. It's never been something of the, of the fact of the networks. And I thought that was a cool twist. Like, think about, imagine if USA sponsored the United States championship in the WWE. It's right there. It's like yeah, you just need to add like your logo on the belt. And that's it. But again, this is unique circumstance. Tony Khan, the genius. This yeah. Is, uh, but let's talk about the main star of this match, Wardlow. Wardlow, that finisher powerbomb scared the shit out of me. I thought Starks was done for. That sounded horrible. Uh, did he cover his head in time? I, I think so. Bro, he didn't move for a while. I was scared because he didn't move. I'm like. This is it. How to, this is it. This is how Ricky starts retires. Like, because when he went against Hangman and broke his neck a year ago, I thought that was the end of his career. And I was a huge Starks fan since NWA Power. I'm like, this guy's got something. He sounds like The Rock. He looks kind of like The Rock, but slimmer. He's got star potential. Starks got to be TNT champion ASAP. I think he's the one that takes it off. Not Scorpio Sky, but Wardlow. I think Wardlow eventually wins it. Spoiler alert. Oh, right, right, right. Hmm. Well, that's, we'll also get to that. But yeah, this is a week, remember, this is a week removed from the actual show. So, like, yeah. you know, it's not like yesterday. It was like, people know the results. But Wardlow looked phenomenal. He is their Batista. I know the comparison's a bit heavy, but I think he can talk very well. He looks great, dashingly handsome man, you know, uh, size. He looks like a WWE guy. He kind of could have been a WWE guy, but I think they turned him down at NXT, right? That's what happened. They just ended up. He wasn't NXT. He tried out. Yeah, I remember hearing about that. But the one wrestler I equate him to 
is, and some people have problems whenever I compare them to, Go but Virgil. Virgil was not a comedy wrestler. He's just a funny motherfucker when he's... <laughs> no, but I say, like, when Virgil, tr- like, turned on the Million Dollar Man back in the day. Oh, absolutely. Like, that moment, like, if you hear that pop, that's everyone's been waiting for. And well, what happened later on that night, yeah. you feel that with him. Like you have like all that main event potential, but with like that inevitable, ah, oh, ju- just leave him, man. Yeah. Don't you understand how bad he is for you? Come on. Yeah. I think it's going to be great. This is long-term storytelling. Like we thought he was going to turn a year ago. This has been since 2019. He's been like, it's been set up. And we're now we're actually earning it. See what waiting and patience is people. You don't just give something right away. You build to it, and this is how you do it. Yeah. Just imagine if everybody had a PS5 right now. Would they be a special? No. <laughs> so when you do get one next in the next three years, you're going to appreciate it way more. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> All right. Like me, so who's had it for a full year. Hey, yo, what's up? I'll go fuck yourself, bro. All right. So. All right, cool. <laughs> uh, all right, next matchup is... Wordle wins. That's why I have my notes here. Awesome. He's the face. Oh, yeah. And rating, I would give this a 4.75 because it had a bit of everything, including the one spot I should have mentioned, Danhausen cursing Starks. Danhausen cursing people works. He's like their hornswoggle for now. Yeah. Like, he doesn't have to do anything. Yep. Which I don't want to rush him into the ring. No, no. He's healing up. Take your time with it. And, when yeah. he, and just like Orange Cassidy... It took him a year to get in the ring. When he finally got in there, he had a huge pop, and it was against Pac that he had one of the better matches. Yeah, at Revolution two years yeah. ago. So there's something to say with like, be patient, and patience will get you'll get rewarded. Yeah, like honestly, like when he came out at Beach Break, yep. like everyone was expecting Gargano, Gargano, Gargano. Bro, Gargano is busy being a dad. He's taking advantage that he's had a kid between contracts, so yep. he might come back in six months. Wait till this kid's big enough. Where he can get a sitter, let him be a dad. You know, like yeah. Watch his Twitch stream, support him that way, buy his merch. He'll he'll come around, but again, it has to make sense. Double or nothing. I'm calling it. Gargano helps best friends. I was thinking him more as the Joker for the Casino Battle Royal at Double or Nothing. Yeah. All right. Uh, what are the, what is your prediction? He debuts with a Paramore song. Oh, plus or minus. I I think it's a hard one, dude. Paramore is a hard one to get rights to. I think. Yeah, but I feel like if Tony Tony got AFI, yes. So which oh, I, I can't. We'll get. We'll talk about that. We'll talk about that. But nothing's impossible. But Paramore has made so much money over the years. I think Haley is probably secretly a wrestling fan. She's from Tennessee. It's not like wrestling hasn't been around that area, but. It's going to be tough. Or maybe they get a Paramore-sounding record. Kind of like how Rebel Heart was. Yes. You get another, maybe that same singer. Maybe, definitely. So maybe they make their own Rebel Heart, and they don't call it that. Just its own track, and we'll see from there. All right, so before we start the next match, we're going to take a small water break. So stay tuned for the commercial. We'll be right back after this. Okay, back. Welcome back to the last commercial break. I promise you that. Uh, <laughs> I don't want to get too many of these. Uh, we're going to continue here where uh, AEW Revolution 2022. Is Jade versus Ty the next match? Yes. What did you think of this match? I'll let you carry this one. I feel like it was more 
like a cool down match. No disrespect, because here's the thing. That kiss wasn't a cool down. <laughs> Look, I, I'm just saying, first off, Jade looks like a million bucks. Jade is bae. Like, I've always been attracted to Jade, but she just looks like a star now. Yeah. And, like, you, I understand, like, some people have her problems, like, oh, she's still too green. Look at what she did. She owned up to it. She is training with Brian Danielson to get better. There's no better coach she could have had. And she's going to learn and get better. Unlike other stars they're pushing to the, to the forefront in other companies, I'm looking at the comparisons, they're focusing on making her better. And you're seeing it week by week. She has the best pump kick I've seen in a while. Absolutely. It, I'm sorry to cut you off. Is it just me or does every black woman wrestler have to have a pump kick? Is that... <laughs> I, I've noticed that too. Like, why? <laughs> it's a cool looking move, I guess. I mean, just like every tall woman has the big boot. Like, it's just part of the repertoire, but it, it's a cool kick. But I think the grappling is going to get better from Jade. She's not going to just be a powerhouse. She's going to actually be able to hang in the ring, and that's what I hope becomes. Like, she is star power, presence... And looks like a world champion. Like, she just looks apart. And no disrespect to Big Soul. I want to give Big Soul her flowers for being a big part of the beginning of AEW. But I can see why Tony Khan got behind Jade. And was it a Cody project? She was a Cody project. Yeah. I'm like, where did he find her? Like, Or was it Mark Henry? It was Mark Henry and Cody. Mark Henry brought her in, just like he brought in Bianca to WWE. But Cody was the one that coached her the whole time. Yeah. It was like, I was completely unsure when she made that debut. We all were. She was bad in the mic. She was shaky. It looked cringe as fuck. Let's be honest. Yeah. But, like, I I will give Jade her flowers, too, and saying that, like, I will admit, I was wrong about her. We all were. And I'm glad. I'm glad that they proved us wrong. And I wasn't online bashing her. I follow her on, on Twitter and Instagram. She's a very attractive woman. Her clapback game is so good, though. Exactly. <laughs> she gets all the trolls hyped. <laughs> Go. And the thing I will say when it comes to Jade is that in the year since everything and all of her ring work getting better, like, hear me out on this. So AEW is promoting Serena Deeb's rookie challenge. Yeah. Why not have Jade compete for those five minutes? I think Serena Deeb is going to be a woman's champion sooner than Jade is because she's a veteran and she can carry that belt. She might be the one that takes out Rosa. Once Rosa wins it, that is. Yeah. But I'm, no, but I'm just saying this. If you want to push Jade to the limit, why not have her compete in that five-minute challenge? Because you'll bury Deeb. That's the last thing I want to do. No. Time limit. A draw. Yeah, like, I know that's, like, the big meme right now that they've Whole they don't do DQs too often. They've only had like three DQs in three years, which is good. Don't have many DQs. Make and them. three time limit draws in general. But like, just have her do those five minutes. Yeah, well, I think like you're think not about wrong. It, it's a smaller showcase. Yep, it's like quick. it's only five minutes. She she does well in five minute matches. Maybe Deeb answers her her challenge after the thirtieth uh, win. Maybe, but you see where I'm going with yeah. this. It's like, it's a five-minute showcase. You show how dominant Jade is, yep. and you have her in the ring with Dean. Now, no one gets buried in this. True. And you know what's cool, too, is I think that they put Dean in a good spot where she can shine without needing a belt, but she definitely needs a belt. Only because she never really won the Divas Championship, did she? 
No, she didn't. She was just like a side part of straight edge society where she was caught drinking with Adam Cole. And what? Yeah, that dude that they caught him on the security cam, like at a bar, that's Adam Cole. Bro, this is kind of like, <laughs> you know how you can, oh my God, okay, my Booker brain. If they, they, if they make a callback and Adam Cole beats with uh, Punk eventually down the road, bring in Deeb into the equation. Oh my gosh. Gallows, where you at? <laughs> <laughs> All right, so this was a pretty good match. Um, for a Jade match, it was their best match ever. I will definitely say that too. I don't want to give it five stars or six stars like at the Tokyo Dome, but <laughs> I'd say for her style match, it was five stars for her caliber. For an average match, it was a three point five. Yeah, I'd say like a three for that. Yeah, like, and definitely watchable and not like it was quick well, enough. It went by yes. Fast. And Ty Conti, I love her warrior like warrior face paint she does now in her big matches and her gear she only wears for warrior fights like it looks like armor and she she made her look like a she reminds me of a brazilian aloy she looked oh yeah yeah that's definitely like a comparison right there all right so the next match is the one you were anxiously waiting for yes the dog collar match between cm punk and mjf and mjf coming out to the ring and it's like yeah 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 and like i was getting exhausted throughout this night because i think this was like in the yeah, dude, this dude. was like around like ten ish when it started, right? Yep. Like almost ten, like nine thirty, and I was like starting to feel tired. Then all of a sudden, I just hear, do 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 do. I hear the beginning of Azaria Kentare, and immediately I woke up and I just started like almost punching the air. I'm like, it's funny because I've never heard this song, but I know the song because I've heard like I've seen old matches of CM Punk online. I probably heard the song in uh in random yeah like on youtube or something um but then i'm like reading like i read the actual title of the song miseria cantare misery i sing i'm like okay this is very emo <laughs> but of course afi is the emoest emo band out there next to my chemical like let's be honest i afi is what i think of hot topic emo rock music when i walk into hot topic okay and punk came out in his 2003 basketball shorts with the track jacket, except with Larry is sewn on the on the patch. That was a good touch. Hmm. And he looked like throwback punk. Minus Sans blonde hair. Yeah. And, like, all of that stuff, it's, like, again, what I was mentioning earlier is how AEW buying Ring of Honor, you can completely, like, take all of these... Full old, circle. Yes. And it's, like, almost like you're having me draw back to this. This is like, pre This me. is what you've driven me this to. This is pre me. I wasn't an ROH fan back then. I was strictly WWE. But you're opening the gates to, like, hey, now we want to watch Ring of Honor match this punk back in those days. Go. And just the moment I saw that, it's almost like that Randy Orton meme of just like seeing Taker come out of the flaming casket. As soon as I felt like that aura. I like that the hardcore fans can sing along to the song. Even if they're not hardcore wrestling fans, you know there's no emo fans in there who know the song. Looking for no one, I'm no yeah. Like, right. immediately, you I want to go straight to a hot topic. Yeah. <laughs> and I thought that was a good touch. Um, the last dog color match on AEW was Cody Rhodes versus the late, great Birdie Lee. Yeah. That was a crazy match then. This is just as brutal as that one, too. 
I would say a little bit more brutal because they had that wiggle room versus broadcast and pay-per-view. I, oh, that's right. That's right. And I think also Punk definitely cut an artery because he was bleeding buckets. That wasn't vampire blood. That was just an artery cut, like Eddie Guerrero-style bleeding. And my gosh, Max, they've never made Max look more than the star than in this match. Like, he hung in there. He wasn't getting destroyed in the beginning. He actually was, if anything... It almost solidified that, you know, MJF is the next guy. Whether you like him or not, he is the future of AEW. Yeah, and everyone wants to compare him to The Miz. I I say the opposite. Compared to Miz to MJF. No, no, no. Even Miz gives him his his props. Exactly. I think MJF really comes off like an old school heel. He doesn't come off like Miz. Miz comes off like a new school heel. WWE heel, right? Yeah, pretty much. Where MJF... It really sticks to that 80s style Mid-South, you know. Uh, like not breaking character at all. Ever, even in the airports. It's only recently they started to break character because I feel like they're just asking, hey, don't heal too much. You're going to get actual issues if you go in public and heal up. But I don't think he's out of his way to be a douchebag to fans. But if he's at a convention, he'll be full on MJF, obviously. Yeah. Um, this match we can talk about all night, but we've had such a big card. I kind of want to just get through it. Yeah. Um, Perfect match, perfect callback from Punk. Eat wanna... shit, Max. Oh, my God. Can we talk about the Wardlow spot? Oh, <laughs> let's talk about it. Wardlow, Wardlow ring. I saw it coming a mile away, but yeah, I was obviously. hyped to see it happen yeah. the way it happened. It was subtle. It wasn't in your face, you know, middle finger, screw you, Max, I'm out. It was him just saying, oh, I don't know where to go. Oh, here it is. And just, you know, smugglingly just leaving the ring in the uh, in the ring there. Leaving the ring in the ring for Punk <laughs> to grab and capitalize. Mind you, that ring is expensive. But diamonds are hard mineral. People don't understand how dense a diamond is. If you take a diamond to the face, it will hit you. It will hurt. You know, like, of course, it's an exaggeration. It's not brass and But it's pro wrestling. You know, it's just, it, it, it fits this. <laughs> Absolutely. And just like as he walked away, and you just hear that swell of the crowd just going like, <sighs> "Do you foresee the diamond ring to be retired, or do you see someone else taking it eventually?" Taking it, really? like I understand, like that fits Max's character to a T. Yes. However, I would have been perfectly fine if they just extended Wardlow's turn till that diamond ring like battle royal they always have every year yeah. like he just you know accidentally eliminates him when he's like one of the last three so that way too late now we're yeah. at the point where he's already asking for his freedom so great match um i don't want to overhype it this was definitely 4.5 i'm giving it a five really so let's meet in the middle 4.75 all right all right we'll get there uh next match uh the women's title Probably the worst match in the card, I'm being honest. Yeah, I will say that the finale kind of like tainted it, but I will say this, the championship looks amazing. I think they should have shown it. They should have unveiled it like they did other cha- – they just – oh, yeah, here's a new championship. Like, no, what the fuck? Why is she wearing it? It's like they should have – when you win, you get the new title. Like yeah. display it. That was a, fu- a fuck up on their part. I like how it looks, but I'm definitely with you on the... Presentation matters. They got to stop just throwing things at us. Like, you present the tag titles like it's a big deal. The TBS and TNT and the main event, you had Bret Hart unveil it. 
You couldn't have anybody. You could have Medusa show the new title. And put the old one in a ba- Oh, see what I mean? Like, you literally could have asked Medusa, hey, can you just drop the old title in the trash for us and we'll get the new title? See, these are things TK should have used, man. It should have been the damn creative team. Oh, wait, he doesn't have a creative team. And that's one of the issues I have with each other right now. You don't need a big writer's room with 100 writers. You definitely need a couple guys in there to help TK out this stuff. Yeah, absolutely. So that way, like, people just don't get lost. Yeah, they should really have a committee of five people... If anything, you already got them there. You've got your Arn Andersons, you got your Dean Malenkos, you got your Jerry Lynn's, you got your Christian Cage, you got your Jericho's. Just those guys alone. The wealth of knowledge. Taz. And the EVPs. And the EVPs and Taz. Like, that's something that. And Paul White and Mark Henry. Like, you have enough people that can. And Natalia Blanchard. Okay, again. Yeah. There's an infinite resources. You don't have to look for it. Just create a committee. That brings it a presentation to TK, and TK makes a final call like he does. But again, you don't need a hundred writers. You just need guys who've been in the business with the veteran experience to kind of say, "Hey, what if we did this?" Pitch ideas. It, it's something I think they should look at it into in the future. That way, you get such good shit. Good shit all the way. All right, the next uh, this match. I don't even want to talk about it. This match is terrible. Yeah, I will say, and not to like underrate it, it's a two match. Out of five for me. It's a two out of five, and I'll tell you why. I rumors had it that Rosa was allegedly working hurt. And her other match after this, she looked like she was working sloppy. Maybe she is working hurt, and they want to just get the belt on her. They should have just got the belt on her now and had her take time off. Yeah, like, like at least like make her have her show up at the San Antonio show. Yeah, and she could be in Give commentary. Her that hero's homecoming. Yeah, celebrate it. Celebrate the title there. You don't have to have a match, you celebrate her win. At the in there, and you set up the next feud, and you injure her uh, at the same time, give her that heat, and you know that, that good heat that uh, uh, Bully Ray loves. But yeah. but it actually makes sense. And then she's out on injury, and she's literally out. But you don't have the woman's belt on the show. But she wasn't like, relinquished. She's just out for a month just to recover. Yeah, like not like the whole three day rule that everyone feels like they need to follow now. Just like. You have a babyface champion, and like right away the heels are jealous, and they're just they're there to like jackals to take them out. Exactly, and it makes sense story wise too. But that's neither here nor there. This new belt looks great. It's it's uh, compared to the mid south North American title. I can see the inspiration. It's a little too old school for my liking, but it looks like a real championship. Yeah, compared to the other. Oh, one, fucking like... hated that belt. Making it bigger didn't make it any better. No. I don't like oval. <laughs> I don't like oval shapes. Like, here's the thing. It looked it look like a toy. It looks like a cheap-ass jewelry accessory. And I get that there's old-school callbacks, but we're in 2022. I get you want to talk about the, the past and bring it up. We need a belt that looks like it's meant for today. And this yeah, one, exactly. This just one, that honors the past, not just lives in it. And even the podcasters who are talking today about the belt, they don't like the belt as much. It's an improvement, but it's not, it's not there yet. I even made a comment in a post, like, what if the belt strap is white? <laughs> I'm, I'm dead serious. It might look better in a white strap. That actually makes sense. Because it, it'll, like, like, it'll look like the Intercontinental Championship, sort of. Like, it has, like, that same shape. Like, AEW doesn't have, like, any white straps. Only when Miro has a TNT belt. Yeah, that was it. And that looked great. And it's that maybe Scorpio might get a white strap. I think he's going to get a Lakers-colored uh, TNT. Because you know he's a big Lakers fan. And, again, Toyetic. 
Why hasn't AEW released toy belts of the TNT Championship? There's two of them right there. They could release the $20 belts. I'm not talking about the replicas, just like the toy stuff. Just the tag belts. You have so many titles you can actually make toys of, and they're not capitalizing on that stuff. That's cheap plastic. You can do that. Now, I definitely want a tag belt that because uh, I want to have one. I want you to have one. We're a tag oh, team. Oh, God. <laughs> Yes, and then we make the video component. We just have them right there on our shoulders. Yeah, the uh, and and that'd be awesome. It's like that. Would be, that I I want. I, I like the snakeskin on the tag. Like the tag belt. It's actually my favorite AW belt. Nice. Like it for, looks great. I think I'm more of a guy that likes the TNT one. Don't get me wrong. I like the TNT championship. But I tag belts like definitely Up like there. number two. In, in how it looks, it looks like a traditional belt. But it also has that like grungy AW logo, you know, because AW has that like white noise logo that I actually dig it because it's like a throwback to the '90s. But I love that. I just am a big fan of the tag belts. That's it. Um, all right. So after that, we have what Moxley and Danielson tagging together or fighting each other? Fighting, fighting each other. Each other. Um, this was an okay match. Nothing to really scoff at. Um, they fought a regular match and ended up being a brawl, and then the end is what mattered. Yes. Like, I honestly just want to talk about the end. Like, That's it. It was fun. It was overshadowed by the debut of Lord William Regal. He's a man. man. Such a man. <laughs> and Regal, I think Tony Schiavone and the commentators had no clue he was there either. They were all legitimately shocked. Only TK knew. That was another thing we passed on. Shivani accidentally revealing, all right, guess who we signed right here with a big what, old swirl. What's that? A big old swerve. Ah, ah. Swerve. Oh, when did that happen in the show? I forgot. That happened, like, really early. I would say, like, between the first and second match. How do we skip Swerve City? Swerve, the realist. Shane, Swerve, Strickland is all elite, baby. Swerve's house. I love Swerve. I like them in NXT. I like them as Killshot in Lucha Underground, okay? so Dude, like, oh. I... I just need, like, two minutes real quick. Go for it. You have no idea how angry I was, how quickly Hit Row was decimated. That could have been something fantastic because you had, like, four amazing characters right there. And if you would have built them up and bet just a little bit more patient... I honestly think Hit Row could have been like a great merchandise mover. They were on fire in NXT, and then they call them up, and then immediately just gone. Um, and just let's just say Vince is Vince. Ever since that Pat McAfee interview, what do you expect? The man has no—he really can separate business and pleasure. And ever since they went public, it's been like that. I understand that, but like, do you want to know what happened? This is what happened. AJ himself confirmed it. It's not me talking rumors. AJ said he complained about um, uh, BFAB getting fired. And that's why the rest of Hit Row got fired. I'm not even joking. Still, no, like, still, I understand that. Yeah. But, like, it's immediately like that stereotype. Like, you have gunpowder and just let it slip through your fingers. Dude, listen, she wasn't the best wrestler, but there was something about her that made the team a team. And Swerve was your champion. AJ, I mean, top dollar was your your uh, your muscle. And uh, Adonis was kind of like just a guy there, but he can wrestle well. Yeah. 
again, there's potential. Exactly. And that's what hurts me the most. That's why I think I love the acclaim so Mm. much. It's because they're letting Caster and Bowens just, like, be them. Run roughshod in the tag division. Exactly. And here's the thing, right? And at least they're more popular than Glenn Jacobs' tweets. Yo, listen. 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 I love Max Caster. Also, (laughs) have you ever noticed how much he looks like Russell Wilson? Bro, they're brothers. I don't care what you say. They're brothers, but remove whatever. But anyways, I love... I love Matt Caster for the Max Caster for this the fact that I paid for a cameo for him to shit on me. I said, go full Max Caster, Platinum Max. I don't care. And he did it. He went hard on me. I, I gotta see the video. It's on like my, you mentioned it last time. It was on my Instagram and I'm like, best hundred dollars I spent on that thing. <laughs> it was it was awesome. And I love cameos for that. You can just get requests like that. Just roast me. And <laughs> But um, and Bowens, I love Bowens. Bowens, ever since the B logs, and, and he's he's become a one of the like I want to be friends with him in real life. Yeah, for real. Like I, I just want to hang out with them. Just be like, yo, y'all the shit. Yo, man, if I see him at a convention, I'm definitely scissoring the acclaim. Pause. <laughs> <laughs> Scissor fingers. Yeah. All right. So, where do we get off? Uh, Willem Regal debuting. Awesome. Yes. He's their coach. But now he's a wrestler on the roster. He's not on the coach side, though. Yes, but don't you notice how all of his promos are like, I don't have that much time left? He he defunct a rumor that he had health issues. He had health issues in 2018, and that's what he was talking about. He had near-death experience from his alcoholism and other de facto issues. But now he's better. He confirmed, guys, I'm good. Don't worry about it. Yeah. But it like, was I weird was... to bring a darkness in, like, hey... Oh, I don't know why we didn't talk about this. Uh, was this on that same program? No, no, that was in the next episode. Yeah. We'll get to that later. Um, so this was a good 3.5 match. Yeah, like definitely. Uh, next up, Sammy Guevara, Sting, Darby versus the HFO in a tornado tag. Texas tornado tag, right? Yeah, tornado trios. Right, tornado trios tag match. Um, the highlight of this match was Sting... Fucking Sting at 62 years old doing splashes on Andrade on top of three tables. Yeah, like, here's a funny thing that I mentioned. So, like, the next day I went into work and, like, I got a buddy, my supervisor, actually, that um, doesn't watch wrestling but hasn't since, like, the 90s and early 2000s. Loved WCW. Right. He's like, so how was the wrestling event? I just pulled up, the like, the video of Sting jumping off and he's like, what? <laughs> it's, and immediately he tuned into AEW. The listen, next night. it's bringing all the older fan base people. My boss, who hasn't watched consistently since the Attitude Era, when I bring in that Sting was in a match, same reactions like Sting still wrestling. They're like, dude, all of them are still in the business, and it actually got him to tune in a few times. And he doesn't like much of the fast-paced stuff. He likes the story-building aspect of it. But again, AEW has its different genres. They're not just one note. They have their different segments. And I think if he's tuned in during the Sting segments of Darby, he'd actually appreciate it because they don't make Sting look stupid. He actually, they work to his uh, strengths. Yeah. So him in a trios and tag, yes, more of that. Don't have singles with Sting. He's getting older. Hell, you could even have him be the trios champion. Hmm. And he, he, We'll see. Terry Funk wrestled in the 60s. Why can't Sting, right? 
Yeah, absolutely. I think we're just cautious with Sting considering how his WWE History. run. Yeah, it was pretty scary. And nothing, nothing against Seth Rollins. It was an accident that could happen yeah. to anybody. Exactly. I don't blame Seth for what happened to Sting and what happened to Finn. Same way I don't I don't blame Ridge Holland for what happened to Big E this week on SmackDown. That yeah. was a scary moment. Um, I tuned in later after that happened, but then I saw him like, this accidents happen. These guys are pros. You're going to yeah. have accidents on the job. And sometimes it happens, folks. So, you know, just give them some slack, okay? That being said, um, main event time. Adam versus Adam. Yo, can I just say the let's go Adam, Adam sucks chance. Oh, my God. Your fans tr- had me corpsing. Let's go Adam. Adam sucks. This is Adam. This like, is Adam. AEW fans are so snarky, but I do got to talk about freaking Master Cole coming out to the ring. Listen, Master Spartan, <laughs> even Halo's Twitter page saw that shit and loved it. You know, like, like <laughs> everyone may be writing on it, but like, dude, let them like do it up no, for the pay per view. That was Chugs making a cameo. Yeah. <laughs> you know, it's all about the, the Chugs. Oh, man. That's who he ended up picking in the sixth man. It's... <laughs> it's Reynolds and Silver. Oh, we didn't even give the uh, Trios Tornado uh, rating. Five stars. Only because of Sting. I'm giving it five stars. Andrade looked good. Guevara, Dark. Their usual shit. It's nothing yeah, new. It's I just... was just worried for that table spot. It, from the fans' camera, it looked like it could have been a fucking fatal uh, attempt. Like, that nigga was high. Like, he was <laughs> up there. He was up there, bro. Like, yo chill <laughs> like you're 62 this isn't for you staying he did it he proved all of us wrong like yo let's get it um the adam cole made event against adam hangman page they they bring up their roh history yeah um i know Cornette didn't like that i'm like bro but roh is part of the history now it yeah. actually makes sense any callbacks from roh makes sense because it's under their umbrella so if anything do you not want history part of the show like there's a lot of roh stuff they can use not all of it, because a lot of it is mismatched. Like, there wasn't kind of continuity at one point. I think there's a separation between the old school ROH with the head of red and black mats and the newer um, David Honor ROH, which is something completely different. Yeah. Um, I got to say, Adam Page, Hangman Adam Page winning made sense. Absolutely. It was a young boy proving to the vet, I can do this too. Mind you, he's only two years younger than Adam Cole. <laughs> but Adam Cole was in a higher rise faster at his younger age. Yeah. And it's just, you have to keep Cole, I'm sorry, Paige. I'm getting them both confused. I know, that's why, that's why WWE They're both have beautiful Adams. Oh, but you got to keep Paige, the longer he holds on to the title the more worth his entire journey is. Yeah. Because it's like, it makes every day more valuable. Yeah, it's not just a transitional champion. He actually has some... He can lose double or nothing. I can see it happening double or nothing because that's two months or a month away or whatever. It's in May, right? Yeah. That's fine if he loses double or nothing. Uh, or even if he loses full gear, his pay-per-view. That'd be, but that's too long. I think he has to lose double or nothing. I yeah, think, I don't see him breaking uh, Kenny's title length. I see Paige losing to Colt. That's what I do see, second time around. Whip cheating, whip cheating. I see it's MJF. You think MJF is going to beat Cole? Yeah. I mean, Paige. Oh, damn. See? Gonna, oh. Um, I see that because, like, as soon as the business done with Wardlow, you get MJF to that next level. Hmm. 
Interesting. Well, I'm giving this star, believe it or not, a five stars. <laughs> I'll tell you why. They did the takeover ricochet spot. I know. <laughs> and I was still terrified. Bro, that super kick to the moonsault can go wrong, but Cole is a sniper. And not just in Halo. He <laughs> is a sniper for real. Like they did they did the Gargano spots too. Like people don't know, like, oh wait. Takeover wasn't that long ago. Like I know that rest in peace take NXT takeover says there's no they don't they no longer exist. There's no such thing as a takeover anymore. All those takeovers are amazing. Exactly. I will never talk shit about NXT 1.0 ever. But I will say they lost me with the Triple H Raw Raw speech in 2019, where Triple H got in the stands and said we are NXT. I thought that was a little too like politician politicking for the brand at that point and. That's where you lost me, and probably you lost most of the fan base into AEW because we were like, no, we kind of want more than one wrestling company. We need to, yeah, the, we need the competition we because need, that drives. Listen, Coke has Pepsi, right? Domino's has um, Pizza Hut or Little Caesars. Yeah, Dominicans have Puerto Ricans. <laughs> you got to have friendly competition. It breeds creativity. You don't rest on your laurels. It makes things matter. Right. So, you know, it. you need that yin and yang. You can't just have one thing, a monopoly. Pro wrestling should not be a monopoly. And technically, if we're getting real here, WWE has tried to be the most anti-pro wrestling company. They're sports entertainment. They don't want to use the words pro wrestlers. They don't want the red talent to be called wrestlers. They're superstars. Their branding is way different. Their presentation is different. And they cater to a completely different audience. And you can definitely see the difference at an AEW show at a WWE show. They're not the same. And even though there are similarities that are just given, I think the fact that they're different is a good thing because you don't want them to be carbon copies of each other. Any, any... Yeah, like all of these other companies that are out there, and I felt that when McAfee brought it up against Vince, yeah. that you need like, an impact. You need GCW. Yeah. You need all of these other New ones. Japan can't be forgotten. Like New Japan, absolutely. Uh, you need AAA. All, like there is MLW. A, you even like DDT Pro. You. I mean, even even uh, DDT Pro is not just all jokes. They do have some actual contenders there. Like Tak Tak. What's his name? Tadanka. I forget his last name. The, the young boy that Kenny brought over from Japan during the pandemic. Oh. He was so good. He looks like a freaking human super uh, action figure. But exactly. It's just like if you turn on the TV and every channel was exactly the same or every video game was exactly the same. It'd be a boring world to live in. Exactly. It'd all be gray and bland, kind of like, like that episode of Fairly Odd Parents where they're all gray blocks. Here's a, here's a hot take. I enjoy Marvel movies and DC movies. <gasps> What a what a you penundra. Fiend. I enjoy Star Wars and Star Trek. I mean they're both JJ Abrams. At this point. But you know what I'm saying? It's like you guys, don't be a fucking cultist to a fandom. You're gonna gatekeep it and then you're gonna make new fans not want to tune in. Exactly. The vocal minority pisses me off on social media. You don't fucking run these promotions. They're for everyone. And you want the mainstream. See, the same people that do that are the ones that shit on Total Divas. And I'll tell you why Total Divas was a genius concept right now. You got people like Anna Jay to look at pro wrestling via Total Divas. Meaning, there's a lot of hot women that would not be in pro wrestling today if they didn't have 
their reality show that talked about wrestling because that was their way into wrestling. It wasn't their brothers. Some of them, yes, like the AJ Lee family. I call them the AJ Lee's daughters. Like those, you know, Cora Jade, uh, who else? Um, Sky Blue. All these girls that are very much inspired by AJ Lee, that's one way to get them in. But Total Divas showed the human side of the ladies. And now, even though it's reality TV, it was a gateway to get girls to even just look at Raw or SmackDown and just give it a chance. And some of them decided to become wrestlers because of it. It's genius. you got to broaden your horizons. You can't keep things niche. They don't survive. they got to grow to succeed. Yeah, because if you keep things way too niche and it won't survive, you got to control your narrative. And There's I don't want... Joke. And I don't want... And they, oh, my God. Well, yeah, I don't want that either. So I want to go to AW and see more kids. I want to see more women i want to see i don't want it to be just nutbeards okay it's and I, this is coming from experience i when i went to the boston shows you do see a lot of girlfriends or their friends drag them to see their guys you know boyfriends drag them to see and they actually enjoy it if it in the last year their most recent dynamite i saw more women than i have ever seen before and i talked to them in the lines as i got into the building they're like oh yeah i love watching it because of this person this person you want to diversify your audience. And the fact that it's growing at the speed it's growing, it's showing that it is here to stay, but also that it's for everyone. And again, it's okay to be enthusiastic to share your passion with somebody, but don't be that meme on the internet of John Silver without a shake where you're like, so guys, like, oh my gosh, that's a funny meme. They made a shirt of that, which is. Yeah, and it's literally just meme. All right, so we're going to wrap up here. Uh, thank you, uh, Raul, for this awesome uh, co-star. I've never had a co-star, obviously. Uh, it's, I mean, I had you once before via chat, but this is so much better in person. Yeah, absolutely. Like, that energy, we can just, like, vibe off each other so with no, With no lag. <laughs> yeah. But um, thank you all. This has been another CGR Media Review. I'm glad you enjoyed this. If you stayed through the whole thing. Till next time, peace out. Take care. Enjoy your pro wrestling. And remember, don't be gatekeeping nerds. Don't be toxic Twitter fiends who say nasty shit to people. Just just be cool. Be human, right? Treat people with kindness and compassion and and, and share your fandom positively. Stop being a douchebag and nerds can be douchebags too, okay? You're not just the vocal, you know, uh underdogs. There are people who want to see this stuff too. And it'd be nice if you can just get them in the right way. I don't want to get too preachy, but just when you're on social media, just spread some positivity as, as well. Okay, that's all I'm asking. A little positivity wouldn't hurt. So next time, this is you, your uh, host for the with the most uh, CGR meter reviews, Christian Joe Ramos. Signing off. Till next time, take care. Peace out. <laughs>